Journey of the King, Parts 3 and 4 from Time and the Gods by Lord Dunsany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monsbru, Helsingfors, Finland. Time and the Gods by Lord Dunsany. Journey of the King, Part 3. Then spake Monith, prophet of the temple of Azur that stands on the snow peak of Ahmoon, and said, All knowledge is with the king. Once thou didst set out upon one day's journey riding thy horse, and before thee had gone a beggar down the road, and his name was Yeb. Him thou didst overtake, and when he heeded not thy coming, thou didst ride over him. Upon the journey that thou shalt one day take, riding upon no horse, this beggar has set out before thee, and is labouring up the crystal steps towards the moon as a man goeth up the steps of a high tower in the dark. On the moon's edge beneath the shadow of Mount Angesis, he shall rest a while, and then shall climb the crystal steps again. Then a great journey lies before him before he may rest again, till he come to that stair that is called the left eye of Gundul. Then a journey of many crystal steps lieth before him again with naught to guide him but the light of Omrasu. On the edge of Omrasu shall Yeb tarry long, for the most dreadful part of his journey lieth before him. Up the crystal steps that lie beyond Omrasu he must go, and any that follow, through the howling of all the meteors that ride the sky. For in that part of the crystal space go many meteors up and down, all squealing in the dark, which greatly perplex all travellers. And... If he may see through the gleaming of the meteors, and in spite of their uproar come safely through, he shall come to the star Omrund at the edge of the track of stars, and from star to star along the track of stars the soul of a man may travel with more ease, and there the journey lies no more straight forward, but curves to the right. Then said King Ebelon, Of this beggar whom my horse smoked down thou hast spoken much, but I sought to know by what road a king should go when he taketh his last royal journey, and what princes and what people should meet him upon another shore. Then answered Monith, All knowledge is with the king. It hath been doomed by the gods, who speak not in jest, that thou shalt follow the soul that thou didst send alone upon its journey, that that soul go not unattended up the crystal steps. Moreover, as this beggar went upon his lonely journey, he dared to curse the king, and his curses lie like red mist along the valleys and hollows wherever he uttered them. By these red mists, O king, thou shalt track him as a man follows a river by night, until thou shalt fare at last to the land wherein he hath blessed thee, repenting of anger at last. And thou shalt see his blessing lie over the land, like a blaze of golden sunshine illumining fields and gardens. Then said the king, the gods have spoken hard above the snowy peaks of this mountain Ahmoon. And Monith said, How a man may come to the shore of space beyond the tides of time I know not, but it is doomed that thou shalt certainly first follow the beggar past the moon, Omrund and Omrazu, till thou comest to the track of stars, and up the track of stars coming toward the right along the edge of it, till thou comest to Ingazi. There the soul of the beggar Yeb sat long, then, breathing deep, set off on his great journey earthward, adown the crystal steps, straight through the spaces where no stars are found to rest at, following the dull gleam of earth and her fields, till he came at last where journeys end and start.
Then said King Ebelon, If this hard tale be true, how shall I find a beggar that I must follow when I come again to the earth? And the prophet answered, Thou shalt know him by his name and find him in this place, for that beggar shall be called King Ebelon, and he shall be sitting upon the throne of the kings of Tsarkandhu. And the king answered, If one sit upon this throne whom men call King Ebelon, who then shall I be? And the prophet answered, Thou shalt be a beggar, and thy name shall be Yib, and thou shalt ever thread the road before the palace waiting for arms from the king whom men call King Ebelon. Then said the king, Hard gods indeed are those that tramp the snows of Ahmoon about the temple of Azur, for if I sinned against this beggar called Yeb, they too have sinned against him when they doomed him to travel on this weary journey, though he hath not offended. And Monith said, He too hath offended, for he was angry as thy horse struck him, and the gods smite anger, and his anger and his curses doom him to journey without rest, as also they doom thee. Then said the king, Thou that sittest upon Ahmoon in the temple of Azur, dreaming thy dreams and making prophecies, foresee the ending of this weary quest and tell me what it shall be. And Monith answered, As a man looks across great lakes, I have gazed into the days to be, and as the great flies come upon four wings of gauze to skim over blue waters, so have my dreams come sailing two by two out of the days to be. And I dreamed that King Ebelon, whose soul was not thy soul, stood in his palace in a time far hence, and beggars thronged the street outside, and among them was Yeb, a beggar, having thy soul. And it was on the morning of a festival, and the king came robed in white, with all his prophets and his seers and magicians, all down the marble steps to bless the land, and all that stood therein as far as the purple hills, because it was the morning of festival. And as the king raised up his hand over the beggars' heads to bless the fields and rivers and all that stood therein, I dreamed that the quest was ended. All knowledge is with the king. End of part three. Part four of Journey of the King. Evening darkened, and above the palace domes gleamed out the stars, where unhappily others missed the secret too. And outside the palace in the dark, they that had borne the wine in jeweled cups mocked in low voices at the king and at the wisdom of his prophets. Then spake Inar, called the prophet of the crystal peak. For there rises Amanath above all that land, a mountain whose peak is crystal. And Inar beneath its summit hath his temple, and when day shines no longer in the world, Amanath takes the sunlight and gleams afar as a beacon in a bleak land lit at night. And at the hour when all faces are turned on Amanath, Inar comes forth beneath the crystal peak to weave strange spells and to make signs that people say are surely for the gods. Therefore it is said in all those lands that Inar speaks at evening to the gods when all the world is still. And Inar said, All knowledge is with the king, and without doubt it hath come to the king's ear how certain speech is held at evening on the peak of Amanath. They that speak to me at evening on the peak are they that live in a city through whose streets death walketh not, and I have heard it from their elders that the king shall take no journey. Only from thee the hills shall slip away, the dark woods, the sky and all the gleaming worlds that fill the night, and the green fields shall go on untrodden by thy feet, and the blue sky ungazed at by thine eyes, and still the rivers shall all run seaward, but making no music in thine ears. And all the old laments shall still be spoken, 
troubling thee not, and to the earth shall fall the tears of the children of earth, and never grieving thee, pestilence, heat and cold, ignorance, famine and anger, these things shall grip their claws upon all men as heretofore, in fields and roads and cities, but shall not hold thee, and from thy soul, sitting in the old worn track of the walls when all is gone away, shall fall off the shackles of circumstance, and thou shalt dream thy dreams alone. And thou shalt find that dreams are real, where there is naught as far as the rim, but only thy dreams and thee. With them thou shalt build palaces and cities resting upon nothing, and having no place in time, not to be assailed by the hours, or harmed by ivy or rust, not to be taken by conquerors, but destroyed by thy fancy, if thou dost wish it so, or by thy fancy rebuilded. And naught shall ever disturb these dreams of thine, which here are troubled and lost by all the happenings of earth, as the dreams of one who sleeps in a tumultuous city. For these thy dreams shall sweep outward like a strong river over great waste plain, wherein are neither rocks nor hills to turn it. Only in that place there shall be no boundaries nor sea, neither hindrance nor end. And it were well for thee that thou shouldst take few regrets into thy waste dominions from the world wherein thou livest, for such regrets or any memory of deeds ill done must sit beside thy soul forever in that waste, singing one song always of forlorn remorse, and they too shall be only dreams, but very real. There naught shall hinder thee among thy dreams, for even the gods may harass thee no more when flesh and earth and events with which they bound thee shall have slipped away. Then said the king, I like not this great doom, for dreams are empty. I would see action roaring through the world, and men and deeds. Then answered the prophet, Victory, jewels, and dancing, but please thy fancy. What is the sparkle of the gem to thee without thy fancy which it allures? And thy fancy is all a dream. Actions and deeds and men are naught without dreams, and do but fetter them, and only dreams are real. And where thou stayest, when the world shall drift away, there shall be only dreams. And the king answered, A mad prophet. And Inar said, A mad prophet, but believing that his soul possesseth all things of which his soul may become aware, and that he is master of that soul. And though a high-minded king, believing only that thy soul possesseth such few countries as are leaguered by thine armies and the sea, and that thy soul is possessed by certain strange gods of whom thou knowest not, who shall deal with it in a way whereof thou knowest not. Until a knowledge come to us that either is wrong, I have wider realms, I, king, than thee, and hold them beneath no overlords. Then said the king, Thou hast said no overlords. To whom then dost thou speak by strange signs at evening above the world? And Enar went forward and whispered to the king, and the king shouted, Seize ye this prophet, for he is a hypocrite, and speaks to no gods at evening above the world, but he has deceived us with his signs. And Enar said, Come not near me, or I shall point toward you when I speak at evening upon the mountains with those that ye know of. Then Enar went away, and the guards touched him not. End of Journey of the King, Part 4 Recording by Monsbru, Helsingfors Finland.